Hey, welcome everybody to Outsmart You Guys. So, um, depends who you ask. They have some snarky people there that think they're funny. Uh, but for the most part, they're trying to make it better. They, they stand to gain when they have a better search experience. So overall, they really want people to have a great experience. So here, here's just a really solid example for you. Um, last week, uh, Google did an, an update, a pretty big update, where they're trying to remove multiple uh, results from the same website. For example, let's say I'm searching for um, a sandwich shop near me. Google might res- forget the map pack and the ads, right? We're talking about the, just the results below. Google might send me eight results from Yelp alone. And then I really only need one Yelp result. I don't need eight. Yeah, I want to like see the actual search result, right? Like for right. sandwich shop, like that should be enough. Yeah, it's been an issue for a long time. And they've kind of done this before in the past few years ago as well. Um, but they basically said, okay, now there's going to be no more than two of the same page. And they're trying to make it a little bit more diverse, things like that. So that's an example of a way that Google's trying to make it a better search experience because no one stands to benefit from eight Yelp results. Just go to Yelp. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, having having the search right like take you to that search result page would make a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. rather than trying to just you know shove as many yelp things in as possible yeah. now does does that affect whether or not yelp is is upset about that because now they're not dominating every you know pages uh, upon pages of results uh to be perfectly honest as a digital marketer i'm not a fan of yelp i, I i'm not a huge fan i think they're crooks so I've heard I, there's a whole documentary about that, isn't there? It's, it's true, man. It's true. I've worked with so many people who it's a whole separate podcast, but I do recommend watching the documentary. Um, I, I do want to give another example, though. You're talking about are they trying to help us or hurt us? And sometimes Google has the best intentions. I personally am an optimist and like to believe Google has the best of intentions. But like anyone, they make mistakes. Here's an example. Um, over the past, you know, decade or so, we've been seeing uh, featured snippets popping up more and more. So getting our questions answered in that position zero spot before we even go to a web page. We can just ask a question and it pops up in the search results. And so as a user, you're thinking, that's great. That's less steps for me to get what I needed. But that's not great for, public, uh, for publications who rely on, traffic for their um, ad revenue and things like that so google's not trying to hurt publishers they're trying to make it better for users but hurting publishers is the end result now when it when it comes to getting to that you talked about a a zero space now that's the first i've ever heard of that before um and i and i have one article that i think is in that zero space where you search for a specific topic mm-hmm. and it's the it, it comes above any of the stuff that's like ad related or it, it's like literally the first result, um, the first thing on the page. Is that the zero spot or is there like a yeah. hidden super secret? Like no, even it's, more it's the, than that? they say position zero is I don't know who coined the phrase, but it's a clickbait title for something, right? Figure out how to get position zero and click on that article, learn something about SEO. Um, really, you're right. It's that feature snippet, that, that little box above all the results that answers your question. Um, publish, okay, it's a, kind of a two-sided coin. Publishers are scared that that's going to steal all their traffic and no one's going to go to the site. But in reality, lots of case studies are showing that once you get that 
featured snippet, they see noticeable spikes in organic traffic. So there's a case to be made that, that it helps. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you ask a question, um, like, for example, a recipe, like, hey, how do I make uh, lasagna or something? And it gives you half the ingredients. You're like, wow, it's starting to look good, but I got to figure out what the other ingredients are. And it's, up, it's way up there, so it's got to be the best recipe, right? I added some extra code, some schema markup, and it's got five stars on it. I've got to see what this is. So it can definitely help your click-through rates and your organic traffic. There's a lot of cynicism, like in any field, that is going to hurt publishers. But I think there are some positives to it as well. So how much – what's the biggest factor when it comes to – if I have a business, um, sometimes it's – it's hard, right? Because when you're building a website, and I, I mean, I've been building websites since '96. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes to find that that right balance of a bunch of content and the thing that people actually want to know. Like, I just want the bullet points of what you do. I don't need a big like, uh, you know, verbal vomit all over the homepage of your site. So Where, where's the, the where's the fine balance there? Right. So the, the, the key there where there is balance um, is that there's not one ranking factor. But it's funny because I've seen like sites with I'm a huge technical SEO nerd, like really into the weeds on the back end. Uh, but you can have a very technically sound site, but if you don't answer the question on the, on the site, you don't have any useful content you're not going to rank. Because at the core of it, Google is returning results based on a question. So the goal here is to figure out, do your SEO research and figure out all the possible questions that are being asked, how much monthly search volume is going on there, and find a way to have the most comprehensive page that best answers the question. Answer it better than everyone else. Say someone has a really comprehensive article. Add video, add more images, add better examples that help relate. Um, get more links to that page so people can find that page easier. Um, really, it's about who can answer the question the best. So it doesn't necessarily mean who's got the article that has the or the wet the because what I'm what I'm revisioning here is the you know the the business that is this, like say like a service based business that's trying to make sure that they're ranking for. Uh, let's say like, like we'll take um, Andre as an example here for photography. Right. So like a lot of what he has is, is in pictures, you know, which Google can read the alt text for, for any, I mean, for anybody who understands what that, that is the, the alternate text that is assigned to a picture um, that describes the picture. Am I, am I saying that right? Am, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so like where, like I, okay. So, Photography is actually a pretty funny one. So this is a, this is a great example where you have a photography site where you can't really have a bunch of text. You can have a description. So I, I, I used to have some photography clients, and it's a different challenge, and this is what I say. So you, for your portfolio, every photography site has a portfolio, right? You might have categories. And you don't need a diatribe for each category. You know, this is, these are my outdoor pictures. Or these are my wedding photography photos. You don't need a diatribe. This is what a wedding is. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, this is the type of camera I use. This is the weather. No. It, there, okay, there's, for, for photography sites, there's really two big things that you can do. One, yes, alt text is something. But if you're really technically savvy, 
and you don't even need to be a coder to do this, get software like Image Exif Editor or Image Optim or something like that and really uh, look at more metadata. Mm. So let's say you're a um, an Atlanta-based photographer. He he is an Atlanta-based photographer. That's what's up. <laughs> I'm in, in Hotlanta right now. Um, so you could go in to – so I use the software to optimize images for Google My Business posts. And then I – go in and you can add even your geolocation in there, add keywords to your photos and add descriptions and go more than just the alt text. And you won't always see this in the image, but search engines will see it. Um, I do warn you, it does make the image larger. So it will slow down the load speed of your site. So I do that when I post on someone else's site. (laughs) Um, So that if someone's going to see my work or my client's work on someone else's site, they're gonna search engines are gonna know who the author is, where it was taking taken, and I'll still get all the creds. Um, but that's the first thing that you can do as a as a photographer. The second thing, especially when you when content is not your friend, is backlinks and citations, especially when you're a local business. And so a lot of places like Yex and say, well, you need to be in these citations. These are the most important citations. You need to be in Dex Nose and City Place and all these things that are like kind of like who really goes to these websites the more important thing is the industry specific citations so local photography sites collectives and groups and things like that that are more industry specific because google is going to write because google does look at those other websites and see that you are listed there as a business profile and think about it as a neighborhood you're associating yourself with the photography neighborhood and it'll know so if you're kind of like I got two links on a photography site, but I'm in a bunch of these other websites over here. People's not going to really know who you are because you don't also don't have a lot of content on your site. It's truly a balance of factors here, and not all factors will affect all sites the same. So if I'm doing, I'm not going to do the same kind of work for a photography site than I am for like an enterprise healthcare site. So I yeah, so I think at that point um, does. I guess my question is, does sending uh, an enormous amount of traffic offset the fact that you might not have a ton of verbiage on your site? What do you mean sending a lot of traffic? So, so like, okay, so so say I have a photography site, and it's a lot of pictures, and I put in, you know, text into my EXIF data. Um, I put all my alt text in, and, you know, I make sure it says, like, I'm an Atlanta-based, you know photographer mm-hmm. but it's like you, you don't want to keyword stuff either like especially on the homepage. like how many times are you gonna write atlanta based so, like <laughs> so it, really what you want to do is so and this is actually bringing up another good point is um is there's a difference between keyword stuffing in your page in your images and i'm not stuffing in my images i'm really just keywords of what's relevant to what's in that image um, and it's, it's the same rule with uh, alt text alt text is Initially, not meant to be a ranking factor. It is, but it's not meant to. It was never meant for that. It's an ADA thing. You want people who are blind and using, you know, uh, blinds. Uh, I can't figure what they're called, but web browsers that are meant for the blind. It helps them understand what they're was on that web page. So the goal is to specifically describe what that image is about. Hmm. Now, how does this affect SEO? When you mark up images properly. That's your alt text. And you can do some of these other metadata stuff, but bare minimum alt text. You can also add schema markup on your, on your pages to, to say where the images are, what, what they are, sorry, not where, what they are, the description and the link. And that can help you rank in Google images. 
Um, something Google is trying to do, is, and they've been making big efforts here, is to help us understand what percentage of our site comes from images. Because mm. before, we didn't really have that information. And Google was telling us a lot of traffic comes to sites from images, and no one's believing them because we didn't know. Well, you know, I, I think you bring up a, a really good point, though, about the alt text. Because, like, so when I'm when I'm writing a post and I'm putting any images in it, uh, usually, I mean, sometimes I'll just put the featured image, right? And I put in the alt text because Yoast SEO tells me I have to put the keyword in the in the alt text of an image, at least one, and mm -hmm. which doesn't always necessarily correspond. Like my keyword doesn't always necessarily correspond with the image that's going on the page. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I almost feel like alt text, there needs to be like a second, like a new category, like the, but at that point it's like, do you need that? Like, because Google should be able to cross-reference. If I say that it's about this, like the article's about this, but the picture is like woman in a white dress and, and, the, and the post is all about um, maybe just dresses in general or something like that, why do I right. have to like stuff that keyword into, uh, you know, what, uh, into, into it? Does that so, make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's where we blend the art and the science, right? SEO is very much an art and a science. So the science says you need to have this keyword in an image. The art says, okay, so now we have to be creative about how we use it. And like you said, you can't, if you have multiple images, you can't put that keyword on every image because that's just yeah. obnoxious for everyone. And so you really only need to do it once on, or on any image that makes sense. If it truly doesn't make sense, get over it. It's, just move on because that one little thing is not going to make or break your site. SEO is a culmination of a bunch of factors. And that one post with that one time you didn't do it is not going to really affect you, especially when it comes to all text and images. Yeah, I mean, with 200 different factors, I, I imagine that would be the case. It, it's hard to say, mm -hmm. like, oh, that one, you know, because, it, again, and, and I guess that goes back to my question of if if my SEO uh like the science of it, like fit, making sure I get all the green check marks on, on Yoast. If that isn't in, you know, a hundred percent bulletproof, um, does me sending a whole bunch of traffic to it, you know, all kind of offset that a little bit. I mean, it's a balancing factor, right? Uh, you can do a lot of work and so you can see, I've seen a lot of times where I'll get a new client and say, Hey, I can't figure out why this other site's outranking me. They're not doing this factor or this factor, but I am, but they're still outranking me. It's because there's always something different, and Google never ranks the same sites the same. Uh, I'm getting, I've seen a lot of comments that people are confused about alt text here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, I think so, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll slow it down a little bit. Um, you will have to slow me down. I, I talk really fast about this stuff. Um, so um, for people that don't know, when you see an image on a website, there is code within the image. Like if you actually look at the raw code of a website, you see, you know, there's an image tag that says, okay, I'm going to insert an image here. Here's a link to where that image is hosted on the web server. Also, we're going to include this additional attribute called alt text, and it's all within this one tag. And so you'll see this tag contains the fact that this is an image, where that image is hosted, and it's alternate text. And maybe some additional things like some styling or... Um, some sizes, like how big the image is. And so that tells the, the web browser how to uh, load it on and style it on a page. 
the alt text is a short way to say an alternative text. So this is specifically created for people who are blind but still surfing the web. I know that sounds weird, but they can actually do that. They have special browsers for that. And so, oh, he's pulling up an example. This is perfect. So when you're loading, say you're on, you're on WordPress and you're putting an image on your site, there is a space here to include the alternative text. And so the goal here for webmasters is to put descriptive text of what's going on in that image so that people who are blind using your website are able to understand the context of that image or what's going on. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's what you're... So for example, let's say we're looking at nike.com. Your alt text might be, you know, blue Air Jordans as opposed to white Air Jordans because that's really describing what that image is and you're also stuffing in the keywords that are uh, very relevant to that product. So it's like, I, so here, here's an example where I have a picture that's that's uh, a, of an episode and it says back in the saddle and it's literally a horse with a, a horse's saddle and the alt text I picked was back in the saddle because I, I wasn't really sure what like what else to talk about in it. Um, yep. So yeah, so it looks like ambition ambitions on board. He gets it. Hopefully, Andre is awesome. getting it. Uh, I, uh, I love you, YouTube University as well, uh, Andre. And if anybody else has any questions, please, please, please uh, shoot them in the in the Facebook chat so I can throw them up here on the screen. And for anyone that's listening to the podcast, and and I don't think I mentioned this, we are doing this live on Facebook Live. Uh, so it, you know, to add a little bit of, of spice to it. While I have this open, John, is there anything that you wanted me to show? Um, uh. Yeah, yep, like, yep, internet, like braille. internet braille. Yep, uh, one hundred percent nailed yeah. it. I'm actually gonna steal that from you. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll throw you one back. Here's a free internet, a free SEO tip. When you're uploading your images, yes, before you put it on your website, whatever your alt text is gonna be, make that the file name. So before you upload, rename that image file on your computer to whatever you're describing, whatever that image is. Then upload it, and then. Whenever you upload it to your whatever your CMS is, whether it's WordPress or Joomla or whatever, um, it usually will auto-populate whatever the title is. You guess you can use it on your Wix site. Um, then just copy and paste whatever the title is and make that your alt text. There's no reason they should be different. So do you like? Do you also suggest? And I know I think I'm supposed to do that. And I think that's a great tip, by the way, because I've I've heard that even about YouTube YouTube thumbnails, uh, naming them. Mm-hmm specifically to whatever the title of the the thing's going to be um do you think that it you have to you have to make sure that you're putting in the size of the photo as well in the in the in the name because i've i've heard that so okay so it depends so it depends on your cms um and the context for example if you are using wordpress WordPress automatically creates multiple size variations of your photo and, and adds that name appended to it. Okay. So WordPress, don't even worry about it. Already done. Um, if you are a photographer and you have your, and you're hosting somewhere else, maybe you're a Wix site or whatever. Um, yeah, it wouldn't hurt, especially when, um, like people are searching it for specifically, but if they're searching in Google Images, Google already knows how big that image is. Well, I think so, that was for AMP specifically. I, you know, now that now I think about, it, I think it was for AMP. 
uh, service, right? When it was, it was that uh, accelerated yeah. mobile yeah. pages. For yeah. as long as that lasts, we'll see. I still don't think it's going to last. You don't think it's going to last? So I, it is really, really lightning fast. But why, why do you feel it's not going to last? I think it, it's not for everyone. Okay, maybe it might last, but it's not for everyone. It's great for people that have ad-heavy websites. Like news publications definitely need AMP. If you are a photographer, you don't really need AMP because you're not the biggest file resource is your images. Um, and I think it's, this is kind of a confusing topic for a lot of people that don't know how it works. Basically, AMP is a, is a different way to build your website. The traditional way of building websites is kind of thrown out the window. And what it does is it preloads all of your content, like your text content, before images, ads, video, anything. And so that way you can start getting on your phone content faster. It's a very awesome thing. Don't get me wrong. It's really important. And it's specifically for those. You ever go to a news site and it loads forever because you're waiting on ads to load and you're reading some content and then the text shifts down because something else loaded above it or below it and you're constantly trying to find where you were. That's super annoying. That what that's what AMP the is ads supposed to take up the whole space. Like you're scrolling through, and all of a sudden the ad is like literally like it, it uh, parallaxes itself over the entire. Yeah. I'm like, why would somebody think that that's a good idea? Like, I get you're trying to put an ad there, but but like there's a comes to a point where like usability. And if you don't know what the heck you're doing, you might think, oh no, like I lost what I was doing. Now I'm lost. Like. Yeah, not everybody is a twenty to thirty something year old person who grew up with all this stuff to know. Oh, I should just keep. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Uh, the best one was it said continue to scroll to read article at the bottom of it, but you had to get to, you had to scroll to get to that point before you'd even see it because the yeah. the bottom bar of your like your your forward back and all those buttons was covering it. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> So AMP is a great idea. I think it's really early on. My biggest issues with AMP um, is basically that it has a lot of bugs, a lot of issues, and it's not. It's really hard to get done right, mm. especially for WordPress sites. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I tried to get my site amped, amped up, and it was. Yeah, it, it became more of a headache than I thought that I was willing to invest the time for. I mean, it, unless you absolutely need it and you run a lot of ads on your site. If you run a lot of ads your site and you re- rely on ad revenue or, or like user experience or really where if you have a site where speed truly does make the difference, like e-commerce is a big one. Um, but I'm not sure if e-commerce really applies with AMP, but, but either way. But you know what? People say this, say speed loading pages. Now, before we get to Andre's question about site ranking, well, overall, on the topic of speed loading pages, Amazon doesn't load that fast. And Amazon for that for that while we're on the topic of Amazon, th- their site is just like all over the place. Like if you didn't know how to use Amazon, then you would. It, it, it's it's like a to me it's like a, it's like a mess. It's like everything they would tell you not to do, they do so, it. So there's I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. It, Forbes breaks the same rules about what to do and what not to do. Um, I'm running the page speed test right now on Amazon in the background because you called them out. Um, and so, uh, really Google loves big brands and for uh, a number of reasons, um, because they pay yeah, a mo- lot for, for ads. So Amazon has a 100% load speed on desktop, which is super impressive, but their mobile is 53, but okay. they want, but they want you to use their app. 
that's the difference. Right, and the app does load pretty well. But the, I am shocked that it has a 100% because that, I mean, there's just so many so, pictures and so much going on there. Yeah, but they own Amazon Web Servers, and they probably do CDNs and things like that. There's a lot of different things you can do to offload your loading from your server. Um, I won't get into that. It's a whole separate conversation. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could get nerdy out, nerdy out real fast and lose the, you and the whole audience real fast. Oh, you, oh you're a developer. You might actually yeah. enjoy it. Sorry. Well, I, yeah. I, I would think I would have at least uh, some of some. Uh, no, you, we can get off of this. Yeah. Cause that's, um, that is a, that is a big point though. Like I, I know a lot of people, um, that put a lot of stock in their page loading speeds. You use the Google page speed thing. And I mean, I, I think even all my sites, I've never gotten over like 75. Oh, I got, a, I got into a hundred the other day. Um, I did just straight HTML, <laughs> uploaded it to an FTP server, no design. Perfect. Just, I was just, it's a, one of my test sites I was messing with. I was like, oh, so that's how you do it. You just have no design whatsoever, and yeah. Literally, yeah, literally just text on a page in HTML. Oh, so, yeah, so load speed, to, to get to your uh, the point, yeah, load speed is a huge ranking factor. Um, it really does matter. Um, and really what matters is, uh, I guess there's a, different, a couple different grading scales. Google uses something called Lighthouse, um, which has a bunch of different factors. And what's really cool is if you go to, how do I say that, what is it? developers.google.com slash speed or something like that. that or if you just Google page speed insights, um, you can actually test and see how fast your website loads. If you have a Wix or a Squarespace site, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Those just run slow because of the amount of JavaScript and they don't rank as well. That's just kind of you know, a risk, right? For, I mean, it's just a risky run. But... Um, yeah, speed is a huge ranking factor. It's it's been coming up in over the past five years, especially in I think it was 2018. They released a mobile speed update right after mobile first indexing, and now like if you if your site doesn't rank fast in mobile, it's pretty much an immediate downgrade. So if you and your competitor are basically have like almost identical sites, and you're like, say the factors were almost balanced, but they're a little bit faster than you even by a second, then well, a second's a long time. A long it, time. And load speeds, it is. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Amazon calculates uh, loss of revenue in seconds for load speed. Like <laughs> load speed is critical for them. Um. So. So okay. So, but but like, what's a realistic speed like on that using Google's page? So speed? I like this. Your site. This sort of depends, right? Uh, on mobile, you have to be a little bit quicker. Really, because people have a little, are a little bit less patient on mobile than desktop. Depend because you got to think of the situation and where they're using it. Right, they're on the go. They're a lot of people now are surfing at home. If you're on a desktop, you tend tend to be a little bit more patient. I try to shoot for about under three seconds. I, I might be embarrassed here in a second. I, it's been a while since I've checked. <laughs> well, luckily, this tool that you're showing right now gives actionable information. So, say you have a developer. You can actually basically. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's not the worst one I've seen, man. Um, the worst one I've seen on an audit was nine. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've had it be okay. That's on mobile. On desktop, I'm sixty-three. So, so hey, it makes you uh, feel a little bit better, but not wait, much. Wait, wait five seconds and run it again. It might be a different number. Wait, why? You think it'll go like oh, this number? The desktop will go down. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, they're pulling from your server, and your server is not going to act the exact same way all the time. Mm. Um, so it is a little inconsistent. 
because um, this does factor in how fast your server delivers content. Yeah, and you so, know, it's been a while since I've been on here, and it does seem like it has because like some of the actionable content in the past was very like even being a person that's been doing it since '96 like was a bit cryptic and a bit mm-hmm. tough. So um, Andre just ran it for his site, and he got a 73 on desktop. That's awesome. Right, right on, good job, man. Yeah, he, that's he's doing he's doing a good job there, and I don't think he's running on WordPress. I think he's I forget what he's running on. I think he, what what are you running on, Andre? Um, so yeah, so I, I think, you know, I think one other topic I wanted to touch on too, was the importance of HTTPS. And cause I know a few years, two years ago, three years ago, they were like, if you don't have HTTPS, like you can just kiss your ranking goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, people making a big play there. And now Google Chrome, if you don't have HTTPS has a, um, uh, the like, I think it's like a big warning that like, hey, you're going to a non-secure site. Yep. And um, it's funny because like now it's really cool is a lot of these hosts that are out there like web hosts are offering free SSL certs. Yes. Like at this point, if your web host is not offering it for free through Let's Encrypt, get a new host. Like I, I don't want to pay for an SSL cert when they offer, because Let's Encrypt is cool because Let's Encrypt means that it has to re-verify every year and they say it's a date. Three months or four months or something oh, like okay, that. Actually, I think you're right. I think it's a little bit sooner. Yeah. But yeah, that's the way to do it. I, I use, uh, and WP Engine's great. I like Flywheel. Um, there's a lot of great hosts out there for WordPress. I use people. DreamHost. Uh, Andre says he uses SmugMug for his, his website. Uh, okay. for his uh photography website um just so, don't use uh what was it uh network solutions oh god no <laughs> uh so yeah mobile's still sitting at 25 so i'm gonna have to after we're done i might poke around a little bit and try to um see what i can do to speed that up because it's just most developers prefer gt metrics gt metrics and that's with the x at the end oh yeah uh their free version only has desktop but um if you pay for it you can get uh mobile and then you can get like alerts and things like that um i like to use multiple tools like this if i'm actually seriously going to do page speed optimization because why not get the most helpful advice from the most sources right right no absolutely um, now, Andre did ask about what tools uh, he can use to see, you know, see how his site ranks. Which, so, I mean, I have a tool that I use, but what what's the tool that you use? So, I mean, I use Google, really, and it depends on what keywords you're looking for. So, you want to say, okay, the better question is, what is my site ranked for for this keyword? Um, and so, really, it's manual checking. You can go to Google and see where you are. But if you don't see yourself on the first page, second page, and then you're going to be like, okay, I'm not going to search through all these pages looking for my website. So one of my favorite research tools, one of the best tools for SEO research is called SEMrush. Um, That's hands down one of the best SEO research tools around. Um, They have some free stuff that you can kind of poke around in. Um, But... I mean, if you're going to do SEO for real, you, you can even just get the professional one. It's about a hundred bucks a month. Um, but is I use it for both research and rank tracking. Um, but it's it's pretty much, every SEO company has one or the other. Some people use Ahrefs. Some people like um, 
What's the other one? That, uh, I use Serpstat. Serpstat's a good one. They actually have some good research out there as well. Um, the, you know, these these companies are popping up like crazy. You have you know deep crawl and on crawl. Um, yeah, Serpstat's a good one. They have some good um, case studies out there about click through rates. So they use in my last search engine journal article actually. Oh really? I I got it through an AppSumo deal, so it's why it just was yeah. like, hey, this. This works because I need, you know, this is what I need, and they offer it at a great price forever and always. Yeah, so I mean, find a tool that works for you. I like ACMrush, but they all have their merits. Um, to me, ACMrush is the most all-encompassing. Um, if they wanted to go ahead and start paying me for these, you know, plugs, they can go ahead. Uh, but uh, find <laughs> one that works for you. Just plug in your domain and look through it. A lot of these, you can just plug in your domain. And I'll tell you all the keywords that you're ranking for. And then just search for the, the ones with the most volume and see where you're at. Do you use Google Trends at all? Yes. I use it for a couple different things. Um, it's kind of, to me, Google Trends is great for uh, proving a point. Like validating. Say, hey, I noticed there's a big search volume here. Let's see how it's been over the last five years. Or if I have to make a big decision like, hey, I think we need to switch focus to something that's kind of emerging, it helps me prove a point. Mm. I, you know? Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, it, it does. it is a good jumping point, um, especially if you're trying to figure out what kind of articles to write. Like, I think it's a good, like, indication of like, hey, people are actively searching for this and how can I figure out what I can do to rank for it and then take that to the next yeah. level, like using like S, uh, SEM or, or uh, SERP stat or something to that effect to, to make yeah. that jump. Now, um, so what's, so why don't we dive in a little bit to the, uh, well, first off, I, I guess this is pretty bad though. I, I know that um, I use DreamHost and they do leverage browser caching, um, mm-hmm. but it never shows in the Google uh, or, or apparently even G, GT metrics is, uh, results. So is it? So DreamHost may enable it, but you may have to enable it through WordPress as well. Um, like on the act, there's there's plugins for it. Um, but I would be careful with like if your host is doing it and getting the plugin for caching that could cause some issues. Mm. Um, yeah, I've had that issue in the past too. Trying to use like uh, uh, one of the the W three cache. Mm-hmm. Or super yep. cache or plug all these different plugins for WordPress at the same time and running into problems where you know DreamPress is like a, a WordPress optimized uh, service. So with that issue, you run into all kinds of like loading issues and things of that nature. But I, right. I mean, it seems like it. I mean, I got a speed score of E, <laughs> which isn't which doesn't sound too good. Um, but so yeah. I was looking at so yeah, scaled images is the biggest one. Let's talk about scaled images. This is great, especially if you have some photographers on the on the um, chat here. Um, so a lot of this is the biggest one that I see all the time with um, uh, these speed scores. And so what, when they say serve scaled images, what they are saying is when you put a pim- an image on your website, only put the size that is absolutely necessary, the maximum size necessary. So typically. Um, when you have an image on a site, you're just putting the original file. Yep. If you are a photographer, that file is massive because these cameras take such high-quality photos and take up so much data. So before you even upload it, you need to compress it with a software like 
um, like Image Optim or something like that. I use JPEG Mini. JPEG Mini is a good one. It depends on. I have a Mac, so um, those are what I was able to get for Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, JPEG Mini works on on Mac. It? Yeah, it's Mac, Windows, okay. I think Linux too. Though I think they changed their their offering recently. I don't know that you can get because uh, it used to be like twenty bucks for like forever and always. Okay, yeah. and I think they recently changed it. Um, Got it. What I I just want to find out like. Yeah, so if you get that, it's like, yeah, apparently they only sell the pro version now at $60. Mm. They used to have a, a $20 version that it wouldn't go over, I think, like 20 files, like file sizes that were over like 20 megapixels or 20, uh, maybe it was like 28 megabytes or something. It's like if you got to a certain file size, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't touch it. Um, yep. But for 20 bucks, like it, it you know, it does a, a brilliant yeah. job. Do you use uh, any WordPress plugins like smush for like to smush your, your files after the fact, especially for client websites? So, okay. So it depends in general rule of thumb. I use as few plugins as possible because plugins can kind of weigh down your site. So, if I'm starting from scratch, I use two, no plugins, just software. I use Image Optum, which what that does is strip all metadata and compress your file in a lossless format, which is very important for image quality. Mm-hmm. Meaning, for people that don't know, it means that you still retain the image quality. It doesn't look too pixelated, but it essentially just gets rid of all this extra metadata in the back end that you're never going to see. It's just code. It's unnecessary for actually seeing what the image is. And then I use, um, if I'm using it, if I'm trying to optimize an image on another website, then I'll go ahead and use Image Exif Editor. That's the that's the software that I use to put in extra metadata. Um, but I usually just use a bare minimum, which is just the title and the alt text. Um, if I'm starting from scratch, I'll do that, and then I'll have you know compressed images from the get go. And then WordPress actually serves scaled images. I mentioned this earlier, when you upload an image to WordPress, it creates multiple sizes. When you're creating a page in WordPress, it'll say, which size do you want to use? So it'll never load a huge image for no reason. It'll only load the correct size. Now, all content management systems are different. Um, You may need to do this yourself manually. Now, you mentioned something called WP Smush. If I have a client, I just got a new client, and they already have all these images, um, I may not have time to go through all their images and delete them, re-add them, and smush them all that, because that doesn't make sense. Plugins like WP Smush are really great for compressing those images for me. I've used it in the past and had luck with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I use it. Um, I don't have a pro account, but um, but I've used it to, to kind of get caught up on some of the images and get, get things even smaller than they already were, because I, I, I use JPEG Mini almost since... I've used it probably since like 2014 uh, to try to compress the images down as much as possible and and get them as small, like even the the, the resolution of them small. Um, so, uh, John, what uh, one question I I always ask my people that come on this show what's what's been your biggest roadblock? Uh, you know, dealing in in SEO and and dealing in uh, you know working in in a, in a company as, as an SEO person so the biggest one to me is um silos within companies and uh, security 
especially because I work in a lot of enterprise healthcare company. I'm working with a lot of IT departments. Now, developers, IT, and SEOs, I don't really understand it, but a lot of them don't get along um, because they don't really understand each other or where they're coming from. It really comes down to a lack of communication. So whenever I'm sending notes to an IT department or a developer or whoever's implementing my changes, um, I, I always try to make a point to say, I need this done, and here's why. Here's why it's important for us to get this done because it benefits your company in the long run. You know, and I give it, try to give an explanation so that I'm not some jerk saying, go do this for me. You know, um, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, so I always, the clients of mine that rank the best are the ones that I have full control over and I can just go make the changes and do it myself, make sure that everything's done properly. Whenever I have to go send something into a client and have it, it sometimes it gets approval through um, their compliance department and then it has to go through IT to get checked and implemented. Then I have to go back and um, audit it, make sure it was done correctly, maybe send some notes if it wasn't done correctly. And it, of course, wait for someone else to actually implement it. It just takes a lot longer for things to happen. Things just move slow. And that's just part of the business. Yeah. I mean, so doing any kind of writing, any kind of um, where there's a lot of, you know, any kind of content creation where there's a lot of checks and balances and a lot of people and a lot of red tape and a lot of, well, we're not really sure if we should post something, write about that or, you know, display it in that manner. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be frustrating. I know for me, that's one of the content is one of the most frustrating things when trying to work it for somebody else that's not me. So there's a trick to it too, especially with the content angle. When someone says, hey, um, nope, all wrong, let's uh, be like this. It's okay, so help me understand where you're coming from so that in the future we can get it right. And it's really more of an opportunity to learn their branding. Mm. So... So, you, okay, so by asking them, you're putting the ball back in their court to say, hey, cool, I know that what you're saying I wrote is no good. Tell me what I can write. Right, and so sometimes uh, what I like to do is I usually just, all my content, I put it in Google Docs. And then whenever we do changes back and forth, we'll either add comments or we'll do the, the suggestion mode so that we know the specific change. Say, so, hey, I know you wanted to make this change, but it's really important for SEO to keep it because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and if they if it's a hey well that's a compliance issue we can't say that that's when the art comes in and we can say okay let's creatively say this differently while still hitting the keywords and answering the question and all that like navigating a minefield it is and it takes a <laughs> long time but you know the best things take time so they absolutely do they absolutely do so John another question that we ask on this show uh, when I do interviews and and that uh, that sort of thing is what was your childhood dream growing up did you see yourself as you know SEO master doing working with you know giant companies and uh, navigating these minefields oh no man um, like. I always thought advertising was cool for some reason. We had like throughout school, like in every grade, like every like you know elementary, middle, high school, everyone at some point makes you do some kind of advertising thing as an exercise to learn something else. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I ended up eventually majoring in it. But in high school, my big thing was film. I really wanted to get into film or music or something like that. Um, and then uh, I started off college in film and quickly said, not for me. Uh, I don't want to do the starving artist thing and then got into advertising. 
Well, I, you know, at least it's a it's a paid form of art that you know because it, I, it easily you know it's it directly related to making money. Well, and also I still think I had my passion was strong enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's really comes down to. It. I don't hate on people who are filmmakers. I, I'm in all. Do they have the the true passion to drive them through anything? So. Uh, absolutely as a filmmaker myself i i appreciate that it is it is fun uh yeah i i loved it i saw friends that do it i still enjoy film i just <laughs> i think i'm better on the receiving it enjoying the film and <laughs> so if if everything that we've been talking about here for like the last almost hour now is it seems daunting seems like a lot seems heavy how like how do you go about finding the right SEO company for you that's going to get your, you know, whether that's our, our sponsor today, Cardinal or, or, or another company, like what's something that as a business owner, you should be looking for in a great SEO company. That's not like totally pulling the wool over your eyes. Oh uh, man, you're, you're making, giving me some blog topic ideas. You're um, welcome. So there are some Cardinal rules and uh, not, Company final, just, just general, I know, right? Unintentional. <laughs> general rules of thumb: If anyone guarantees you anything, run. In SEO, unfortunately, we cannot guarantee anything. I use terms like "this might be affecting you," "this may have this effect," because while history shows, <laughs> I know, but the it's, reason it's we like, ba- you sound yeah. like the ads on the side, you know, it really is. But we use. <laughs> We use data, we have experience in this, and we know what has worked in the past with different industries because it's also important to know what industries this SEO has experience in. So if, if you're an attorney and you're going to a general SEO site uh, or general SEO company, they may be able to help you, but there may be some attorney-specific SEOs out there that are way better. For example, there's a company uh, based out of Dallas called DealerOn. Actually, I think they're based out somewhere else now. They're focused on car dealerships, um, and they just rocket at car dealerships. But they work with big giants like Toyota and things like that. But, I mean, like, they're specialists at SEO in car dealerships. And, you know, if you're a car dealer, you might want to go with them. There are some pitfalls of that, too. You don't want to go to the number one dentist SEO company and say, all of my clients rank number one, because how can that really happen? I was going to ask that question. You know, it gets to a point where it's like you you would have competing clients that you're trying to make number one. Right. Um, so that's yeah. a rule. That's a rule of Cardinal. We don't do that. Um, we will do it in the same industries if they work in different states or in different cities um, because it's not good for business. For one, competing with ourselves, it's, while we have the, the – it seems like we have a formula just at hand because it'll work for this client. It, it's not the same. Um, and it's just not good business, especially if someone were to find out or it's just, it's just kind of shady. Yeah. I, yeah. I could totally see that being a, a bit of a conflict of interest, you know, somebody paying you a whole bunch of money and then to get them the number one, you get them the number one and then you, somebody else pays you more money and now they're number one. And, right. Uh, speaking of which, does Google flip flop the number one spots in some, in some instances, like, you know, yeah. to share like, okay, in this hour, it will be this one. And then maybe next hour, it'll be another one. But then in the, the third hour, it'll be back, you know, flip like reordered are you, again. Are you, familiar, are you familiar with the term load balancing? Uh, yes. Yes, so I it's am. Kinda, it's kind of it's like that. They're it's trying like to a, overwhelm one, one site. Right. And they want to show fairness. So 
for for example, um, okay, so you know what the map pack is, right? If you ever Google something like something near me and you see local businesses and there's a map shows up. Yep. Um, so SEO, that's a, especially for local businesses, we all want to rank there. And we, we track it heavily. We'll notice, I notice all the time, there'll be a new player out of the woodwork just opened up. They're brand new and they're already ranking up there in the top three. And my client, who's been there forever, in the top in position was like, hey, where'd this guy come from? Why did he just start outranking me? He, he's just some nobody. And then they'll disappear the next month. Google tries to give everyone you know, a fair shot, see how they do, how they perform, cycle them in and out. It's, and it, does, it happens subtly. It's, not, it's usually not a big drastic change. So they sprinkle it within. So um, you can run searches all day for the same stuff under different browsers, and you'll probably get different results. Mm. Like, you know, 15 out of 40 times. <laughs> I don't know, some, some kind of weird ratio like that. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's, that's good to hear, though. I'm glad that, um, that some of that happened. I mean, of course, it can be frustrating as a business owner. It's like, I just paid all this money, and now I, I was number one. But now today I'm not number one, and then tomorrow I'm back to being number one. But I already shot an email off to so, you, John, because I'm mad that I'm not number one. You so know, for- <laughs> I get I, I used to get those emails all the time, and so it requires a little bit of education. So SEOs, okay. So another rule when you're looking for an SEO company, make sure they do provide reporting. Um, and so most of these uh, these rank tracking softwares, what you do is you put in your keywords you want to rank for, all the ones you want to track, and it tells you what your average score is for whatever time period you put it in. So if I want to know what my average rankings were for the month of May, they'll tell me my average ranking for the month of May for all those keywords and which pages were ranking for those keywords. So I look at long-term things like that because it's, it fluctuates so much. It's better to look at the big picture than every single day rankings. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and I think uh, it, it is an education thing because, you know, the people that are paying the money don't they don't understand. That's one of the reasons they hired you to understand it for mm-hmm. them. And even though they may want to be like, well, I know because I do Google searches all the time doesn't necessarily mean that they know mm-hmm. like, you know, just because you watch football every every day doesn't mean that you can go be the coach. Right. Oh, yeah. Great analogy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you watch it, you understand it, you know what's going on, you know when there's a bad call or a good call, but that doesn't mean that you could be the coach day in and day out, eating, living, breathing, pooping football every day. Yeah. Oh, it's a full time job. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Seeing the trends, following the information, going to the conferences, learning more, meeting all the other people, seeing what works for other people, what doesn't work. And, you you know, know. Quick shout out to another position out there, social media coordinators. Um, you know, everyone thinks, you know, I've got, everyone's got a social media account. Anyone can do it. Not true, man. Um, those algorithms change to running ads, staying up to date, you know, brand reputation management on social media. Yep. Um, those are full-time jobs. I tried to do that plus SEO and PPC and you know, all this in one job and I was run ragged. Like it, it's not possible to do it effectively. I I would agree. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, shout out to uh, Social Media Rescue, where they do uh, they do that the brand management on social media. Like uh, Jennifer, she was doing she was doing like the content creation, and it turned out that it was more um, effective for her to just run the brand, you know, run the like do the comment follow ups and that kind of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and do it more effectively than these content creators. You're like, hey, look at pretty instagram picture i took or you know cool but like they don't know how to 
deal with the customer end of it and like getting people to come, you know, like to come to come in just because they saw the pretty sign. Yeah, um, there's some great uh, social media f- management fails from re- business owners that try to do it themselves, and they just ruin their reputation because they're being themselves. And maybe you should have hired someone else to be you. <laughs> hey, if it can work for Trump, it can work for me, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> be myself. It, it, it'll I mean, work. And we all want to be the, the, the ultimate, I say the number one social media coordinator out there for sure is who is the girl who runs the Wendy's Twitter. Uh, you know what? I would, I would agree. They do a great, <laughs> the best she one was the, awesome. when Burger King had the four for four, they tried to copy the four for four and their response, they were having, they were having a feud back and forth and, and Wendy's was like, well, our, you know, ours is edible. <laughs> And I, and I honestly, I would agree. I, I like the Whopper a lot, but the, but anything other outside of the Whopper from from Burger King, I'm not a big fan of. And yeah, I don't think that their their dollar thirty burger is anywhere in the same building as yeah. as a Wendy's dollar thirty I mean, burger. It, social media is powerful. It's so powerful that actually, as a marketing campaign, Wendy's released a mixtape <laughs> off of their Twitter, um, and it's actually super legit. I, I have not heard, heard this. I'm, no, I you haven't. I need to look it up. It's on. It's on Spotify and YouTube. Just look at Wendy's mixtape on YouTube. Wow. And it's actually really legit. It was really <laughs> good. And then like the CEO went on like Mad Money, just talking about it casually. And he's just some kind of you know white collar guy. Like, yeah, we just released a mixtape because he thought it would work. And I'm like, have you listened to it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good idea. You know, the kids. Yeah. The kids these days they're they're into this type of stuff. So. But but hey, if it goes hard, it goes hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so John, what uh, what are your dreams for the future looking like? So um, you know, I want to. I'm trying to do more uh, conference speaking. Uh, I'm a, currently a writer for a search engine journal. I write about once a month, and so um, and I attend a lot of like meetups and things like that, and go to a lot of conferences. I'm trying to. My future holds a lot more uh, national conference speaking. Oh, uh, getting awesome. to network with my peers and things like that. Um, the SEO, SEO community is a really special place full of really intelligent people. And for the most part, everyone's all about sharing knowledge. Hey, did you hear about this? Have you tried this yet? And like sharing case studies. Um, Cause really it's like brag points, right? Hey, look how cool, like, look, look what I did, but let me show you how I did it. And so it's a really, really fun space. It is. I mean, so you know, some of my friends that have some pretty big websites use some pretty. Where you know, back in the you're talking like four years ago, five years ago, they were showing me like, here's how I got number one for how did you know my friend Dave, uh, David Michael, uh, he he was like, oh, here's how I ranked number one for how to DJ. He's like, I was like number four, and then what I did was I went to like the wiki how, like you know, wiki dot how or whatever it is. And I and I I fixed the article and I cited my work and boom I got bumped up and then I went to the one that was above me and I cited the you know like because it was another like wiki kind of site yeah. and cited my article and boom got even higher and all of a sudden like now I rank one for how to in fact I'm gonna let me check does he still how to DJ does he still that's, rank number one that's that link building right there he is number two at this point so he yeah so he he is number two. Uh, the passionate DJ, yeah, the passionate DJ, yeah. Medium.com is number one, but um, but he's constantly working on that uh, on, on that article, just like making it 
bigger and better and and all that stuff so um it's it's a grind i i i, I know um but but yeah well that, i'm glad to hear that you that you want to be more of a thought leader in in your industry because i think that's i think that's awesome i think you sound like you got a lot of experience and, and a strong passion for yeah. it so i guess an se is called thought leader if i was in social media you called a brand influencer right <laughs> Well, I don't know because the people that the people that are the 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 the, the influencer, like you said, I mean that's still a, you could be a thought leader in in influencing, you know, yeah, going no, no, and speaking yeah. and stuff like that. But I I'm I get the joke. Fun. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Everybody wants to be an influencer. That's hey, that's why we're streaming live on Facebook Live right now because why not? Right? That's how we're gonna influence those social Y'all media. Y'all need to start minds. sponsoring Joe. Send him your money. Yes, absolutely. Um. So, John, how can people connect with you online? Y'all can find me at uh, Twitter on SEO Counseling. Uh, always ask me questions about SEO. That's a great, that's a great Twitter <laughs> handle. Yeah. SEO Counseling. I, like I had a whole. I initially had a whole idea to make like a therapy website for SEO <laughs> and like talk about like what insurances I accept, which is cash money, um, <laughs> and make it like a big joke site. But I was like. Got busy, kids and stuff like that. So oh. <laughs> didn't didn't have it. It's a future dream. Well, ha- happy Father, happy belated Father's Day, by the way. Thanks, man. Thanks. You're very uh, welcome. Uh, but yeah, Twitter's a great place to find me because uh, I share all my articles that I write there. Um, and then people ask me questions all the time, just random things. Feel free to shoot me a direct message or public tweet or whatever. Um, if you want to learn more about the technical side of SEO or trends or anything like that, find me on Search Engine Journal. Um, or if you want to know about working with Cardinal, you can always go to cardinaldigitalmarketing.com. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you absolutely should uh, go to cardinaldigitalmarketing.com because they, they are our sponsor for, for this episode uh, here. So uh, before we share our last thoughts, I just want to thank you, John, for, for taking the time to come on to be uh, a part of the business podcast um is there is there any last thoughts you'd like to share yeah um if you are a business owner or even just playing around with your own site um try to do some seo yourself um it it is an investment there's a lot of different people that charge a lot of different things um seo is known as the free traffic source but to get it implemented correctly it does require professional help but does it mean you can't try it yourself um, and I think if you try it yourself and try to get in the weeds and figure it out, you may have a, a, a better appreciation for it. Mm. Um, just do your research. Um, if you want a good place to start, um, moz.com, M-O-Z, has a great guide on starting off SEO. They, uh, one of their data scientists, Brittany Mueller, she's a genius, just redid their entire uh, learning center. And it's been redesigned, rebuilt. Um, it's more up to date. Uh, it was rebuilt this year, so you know it's up to date. Um, and check it out; it's structured really well. And I recommend people starting there. Oh, I think that's a great. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, I yeah, I've heard of Moz, but I, I personally haven't gone there myself. Uh, SEO is something that I definitely want to get better under control and more uh, effective because I have a ton of. I mean, I have over I don't know, like eleven hundred posts on my website. But all are all of them SEO'd perfectly? No, absolutely not. Um, and that's something that I definitely want to figure out for myself. Like going and digging deeper, and and, and you know, because it does you know keyword research and stuff takes time. And then 
mm-hmm. or editing the article so that that's that's the thing. I you know I think uh, as a as a pro tip for for a person who's been doing podcasting for five years, uh, doing my SEO based on people's names has been helpful in some ways, but very very hurtful in a lot of ways. Uh, Dude, uh, great example. I do a lot of healthcare sites, and one of the most r- biggest ranking keywords that we always get are the doctors' names and not the services they offer. And you're just like, that's great, but is it? Yeah, right. Like, is it, are people going to search for that person's name? And it's it, it's tough. Like, but it but also it, it becomes tough when you're trying to make a site like that has thousands, you know, a thousand plus posts or whatever. A lot of times you end up writing for things that might be identical to a keyword that you've already used, um, and it just becomes difficult sometimes to like maybe you know to think like maybe I need to like niche this post even further down so i can be even more specific but if i go too specific nobody might be searching for that topic and then it it, it, you know it becomes a question of like is it going to be effective like where's that line and how do i walk that line of right you know obscurity and and effectiveness at the same time and by Mm. obscurity i mean niche nicheness Uh, right but yeah so uh so thank you so much again, John, for coming on the business podcast. Uh, I, I would love, you know, like I said, I'd love to have you on the show again uh, in the future, f- catch up, see how you're making out and, and uh, learn more about how SEO has evolved over the last you know year or so. Absolutely. I'd love to. It was a lot awesome. of fun. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, so if you've enjoyed this episode of the business podcast, uh, the only thing that a lot of people ask, like, Oh, can you review my, review my show, John? Like, you know, share it on Facebook. No, I, the, the, what I would love for you to do is go and share this episode with someone personally that would get something out of this. If they're a business owner, they're looking for better SEO, uh, that if, if they're, they're a person who wants people to find them on the internet, this is, this is definitely an episode for them to get a good primer of what they're looking at as far as trying to figure out like, what's my next steps. I have a website. I did it myself. Awesome. Or I had somebody build it. Awesome. Uh, what's my next steps to make it so that more people can find this without me having to pour a bunch of money into click, uh, pay-per-click ads or, or like a whole bunch of other, you know, strategies like social media sharing and stuff like that. Um, Share this episode with them. Reach out. Give them some love. Show this love to John, to I. We'd all appreciate it. And we appreciate you for listening, uh, watching along here on Facebook Live. Thank you to everyone who had questions. Uh, It's been a great time. Again, this episode is brought to you by cardinaldigitalmarketing.com. Go check it out. If you have some SEO needs that are deeper than what we've talked about today and you've tried it and it's it's a frustrating path. Uh, but it can also be a path that you might end up loving because if you're writing about stuff that you actually enjoy, then it becomes a joy to do. John, thank you again so much. Everybody, have a great week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.